Hello and welcome to Rewind Review. This week, or Rewind Reviews? Rewind Reviews, with an S. Hmm. My notes actually say yeah. Rewind Review, and I don't know why. Just multiple, I, That's what threw multiple me. Multiple reviews. My notes have said that since the beginning. I've never changed the title of these notes. There you go. Anyway, hello everyone. It's a podcast where we review old movies. Um, although this week and last week we decided to jump a little bit more forward in time. Uh, Chris last week chose Crazy Stupid Love. This week I chose Tucker and Dale versus Evil on the grounds that I really wanted to watch it. And what an excuse. <laughs> uh, or to also force Chris to watch it and then have me have someone to talk to about the movie. Now, I've not seen this film, I don't think, since, you know, within range of its release. So I was slightly, slightly nervous it wouldn't hold up. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 really glad I chose it. I had a really good time watching it. Now, I'm very curious about you, Chris, because mm. you know it's. I don't think this movie falls in your usual taste wheelhouse. If I'm if I'm guessing, um, it's actually to be fair. Hmm, I'm I'm questioning yeah, no, that as I say actually, because while yeah, you're not a, a huge horror guy, you do like a comedy and you do like a love story. Yeah, and you know, like, sure, I'm a big fan of Shaun of the Dead. I've, I've rewatched that a few times. You know, yeah. Oh, okay, maybe not then. So let's see. Um, so yeah, so um, do I do do shall I do shall I do history of this one first? Yeah, no, do do your history first. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's not a huge amount to this one except for regret. Uh, because I remember when this one released had a very very limited release in the UK. And my only real interest in it initially was the cast. Um, I was a big fan of Alan Tudyk from Firefly. And I believe this is post-Reaper, so I was a big fan of the other fellow, whose name has just immediately escaped me. I think it's Tyler. Oh my god, my brain has died. That's not good, is it? To start the podcast not remembering the name of the actor I've just told you I was a big fan of. Not really selling that point, am I? (laughs) Um, Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Tyler. Tyler Labine. Um, (coughs) Tyler Labine was in a show called Reaper um, that I also really loved, but I'm just checking that that actually was before this uh movie i think it was i'm pretty certain oh god uh yeah quite a no that can't be 2000 this doesn't help the the internet is not helping me here there's too many things called reaper there's like three different movies called reaper 2007 okay yeah okay this is several years before okay so that my story tracks basically i was a big fan of the two actors liked the idea of them being in it together um, and was keeping my eye on its release. And then um, it had a very, very limited release window in the UK. Like, it only showed in a couple of cinemas, to my knowledge, and, like, only once or twice. Um, you'll, one thing I'll note is that in the UK, its grand total of profit made, Chris, was $1,800. Oh, wow. So it was very limited. But it was showing, I believe, in Manchester. So I had intentions to go see the movie, didn't either couldn't afford the travel because I was at uni at the time or it just didn't work out for some other reason didn't get a chance to see it um and was very sad about that but you know I hadn't seen the movie so I didn't know what you know you don't know what you've missed until you've missed it and then the movie comes out on DVD buy it immediately fucking love the movie just sad I didn't contribute even a couple of quid to its measly UK <laughs> box office. Um, also, it would be nice to think that like it only made a thousand dollars or one thousand eight hundred dollars, and I was I contributed like ten to that. That would have been nice to know I was yeah, a part you know, of that. Would, that very that would have been 
probably the most percentage you've ever contributed to a film's box office right. in the UK. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad I missed it, because it's not like I wasn't aware of it. Um, so yeah, um, I, I love this movie. I, I Especially at the time this movie came out, uh, I was already... I, I liked horror comedy, you know, something like Shaun of the Dead, but also movies like um, the Scream franchise and the Evil Dead franchise. Because we, we take for granted now horror comedy. There's like a bajillion of them. They come out all the time. There's tons of them. But they were pretty few and far between back in the day. And I remember this coming out and being like a really big... Like for me, like as a person who enjoyed that genre of a horror movie that didn't take itself too seriously, essentially. I, I, you know, I, this was a real, you know, breath of fresh air. Um, and I love this movie. I like the way the movie flipped the tropes on its head. I liked a lot of things about it. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of this movie. Enjoyed it at the time. Saw it a couple times, I think, probably in the year or two after, but then for whatever reason, not really picked it up since, or certainly not in the last few years um, that I can recall. Um, so yeah, um, I was really thrilled to get to watch it again. Had a, had a good old time. Had a good old time. So um, so for you, Chris, I assume no history at all. Did you know, did, I can't remember if you said last week, did you know anything about the film going in? Uh, I remember the poster. I knew of the film. I knew I knew it was a comedy. Um, that's pretty much it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I couldn't have told you. Like, if I'd have guessed, actually, I'd have gone zombies. Um, yep. <laughs> like, which I think you're probably meant to guess, actually, in a way. Um, you know, it's very, you know, mm-hmm. evil is, is a term that's been used for, like, evil dead and stuff like that. And the posters, they've got weapons and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, I haven't actually checked out the poster or the trailer since watching it. Um, but I'll, I'll look at the poster now. Yeah. Yeah, the, the poster um, the poster is 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 Tucker and Dale with uh, Dale's got a chainsaw over his head Tucker's holding a holding a um a, an axe and then they've got the gratuitous you know shot of the uh of the actress wearing very few clothes um on the back of the poster which is shitty really cuz yeah that's just yeah, yeah, that is sure. what it is um so especially cuz she gives such a good performance in this movie like like oh, I get fantastic. it. Yeah. Katrina Bowden is is attractive. I understand this. Uh, you know, they they made, they hold made several jokes about it in Thirty Rock when she was in Thirty Rock. But she's also really good in this movie and has a really good character arc. And I think putting her on the poster is just like, oh, that one scene where she's like down to her underwear, like, and make that the poster is 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 unfortunate. I think <laughs> really unfortunate. But the marketing team are not the same as the creative team, so it's not the people who made the movie's fault. But yeah. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, so I was completely, completely uh, blind going in deliberately, uh, as requested. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, I had a great time, as uh, yeah. as did Jess. Really loved it. Like the the that misunderstanding <laughs> and yeah. that almost farcical. So spoilers and and kind of going in because I can't. The thing I loved most about it is a big kind of spoiler thing. So actually, let's do recommendations first. I didn't know any. I I knew the name of this movie. I vaguely remembered the poster. I knew nothing else. I had a great time. No caveats. No, if you're into horror, like it's a bit gory in places, but it's very kind of slapstick gory. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, I would absolutely recommend this movie. Uh, and if you if you if you haven't seen it and you're in any way tempted, stop listening before we start spoiling it because there's a lot of fun to be had in discovering what it is. Yes. So yes. Uh, absolutely recommend and recommend specifically if you haven't seen it and you fancy it, pause this, go watch it, come back. Yeah, 100%. I echo that recommendation um, for all the reasons Chris just said. I think it's a great film and I think you you will get more out of it. It's still a great film if you know, but I think you get more out of it the less you know. 
um uh you know and and, and uh, yeah I, the, the joy that you will have discovering this film is is is, is worth it um there's a, i've noticed when i was looking into it on youtube a lot of people react to it videos so oh, like nice. yeah, yeah. so a lot of people were like obviously went in blind and filmed their reactions like you you put in any other movie like there's no reason to do a reaction to the whole movie like that but there were like I saw at least eight or nine because I was looking for any like documentary because there's I will I'll, heads up now there's not much trivia for this film so I was looking for like a making of documentary or you know some sort of like things you might not know about Tucker and Dale versus Evil videos you know just see if I could mine some information because I couldn't find much when I was doing googling it really was a bit of a bummer to not get too much stuff um, uh, but doing that I you know I I stumbled across all those videos and that tells you something I think you know about the, the 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 element of discovery that this film has so yeah i i echo that um that recommendation wholeheartedly if you've not seen it check it out and then come back to this or you know if you don't care i guess keep listening and we'll spoil it for you <laughs> yeah <coughs> so to dive in with that then uh just the misunderstanding and the way they keep that up for so long yes and the way you can absolutely understand both sides of it so for those yeah. that don't remember Tucker and Dale um, are described in the film repeatedly as hillbillies, um, and they, to a group of college kids, um, seem like mad men attacking them. But to Tucker and Dale, the college kids seem like they're in a suicide pack, and there's all sorts of misunderstanding uh, and, and kind of gruesome deaths. And I think that that genuinely that farcical, they think one thing, they think another, really makes the film come alive and really adds a uniqueness to like yeah. Jess said herself she's not usually a fan of of slapstick comedy yes but with this because all the slapstick moments are underpinned with this amazing i, I can see how this looks to you like there's a sequence where um what are the there he's he's a, one of the college kids is attacking them but he jumps in and accidentally lands on a spike <laughs> and then moments later Another one goes to attack him, but he happens to move and he ends up in headfirst in a wood chipper because it's not just slapstick for the sake of slapstick. It's made yes. so much more clever by keeping up this um, misunderstanding between the characters. Right. Like the whole film just comes alive because of that. Um, yeah. And it's just it, it's just more it's so much funnier because of that. So much more amusing, so much more interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think as well, like that. I mean, that that wood chipper scene is like the most iconic thing from the movie. Everyone who's seen the movie talks about the wood chipper scene because it is it's a perfect thing, isn't it? They they think that so the the basic misunderstanding for those who haven't seen the movie <clears throat> is that um, one of these college kids falls over, bumps their head, um, and is goes under the water and is potentially drowning. So Tucker and Dale, who are out fishing, rescue her, and then say to the to the college kids who are on the shore, "Hey, we got your friend," which comes across as we got your friend. Like, we, we got her, you know. Um, so they all run, terrified, because they think these hillbillies are after them. Quote, unquote, hillbillies. Because the, thing, the funny thing about this movie is that, obviously, both camps label the other. They call the others the college kids. The college kids call them the hillbillies. They need, neither fit into that category. They're people. But, like, that's that's the point of the movie. Um, but the, 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 the wood chipper scene is they're going to rescue their friend. One of them runs in to try and get one of the, quote, unquote, hillbillies. He steps out the way. He falls into the wood chipper, as Chris has pointed out. The thing that really makes that great, though, is what then happens is, of course, because Tucker then tries to save the kid by grabbing his legs and pulling him out. But what that looks like 
mm. is him shoving him in legs first into the wood chipper. And then the cherry on top, the absolute, like, as if they haven't done enough to make it uh, a funny misunderstanding, a really wacky visual. But then also they throw the most subtly brilliant joke at it, which is when <laughs> the wood chipper finally stops and it's legs and blood everywhere. And Tucker just goes, are you okay? Yeah, it's so, good. it's so good. It's like you like you cannot like over. You can't understate or overstate. Sorry, how brilliantly written and executed the comedy in this film is. It is pinpoint every single time, and it's sometimes really overt. Like guy goes head first into wood chipper, and it's sometimes really subtle. Like guy says to guy who's half in a wood chipper, "Are you okay?" And, you know, it's working on all those levels. <clears throat> you have to excuse me. I've been sick. I should say this, actually. We did the last rec- recording, and I didn't say I was sick on it. And I was editing them the other day, and I do I do a check on the file and listen to when I finished editing and listen to the first minute of each file. And I was checking a couple in a row. So I checked, like, Santa Claus 3, Hook, and then Crazy Stupid Love. And it was me sounding perfectly normal and healthy on two. And then I sounded like death on the third. And I listened to see if I addressed it. I never did. Uh, I'm quite sick. I have a chest infection. So for the last episode and this one, I sound a bit shit. Sorry. Um, <coughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think what's great about this film is not only the clever ways in which they play with the misunderstandings, but the other layers of humor that are going on around that because honestly this would be a great movie just for the 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 over the overt layer of comedy but the fact they're constantly doing these much smaller jokes as well around that uh, really highlights what makes this film sing um uh, and that's not even getting into the sort of messaging of the film which despite it being quite a simplistic film on the surface is actually quite nice it's quite a good story of like maybe not judging a book by its cover um and also, what a hard magic trick to pull off, convincing me that all the characters would come to the conclusions they do. How do yeah, you convince it, it, me I mean, that the college kids are so convinced these guys are murderous that they go after them? Yeah, and I mean, it is worth saying, obviously, to ramp it up and get to kind of a true horror movie ending, that yes. has to kind of, in the third act, that gets put to the side but to be honest with you i think by that time you are ready actually for it to be put to the side yeah. as well i think they they chose the exact right moment to do it if they carried on doing that until the very end you'd kind of feel the strain of it but that decision to go okay right we will build yep. build and build one character to then become an outright villain and more of a more of a to be honest with you a, a horror movie archetype yes um I think that works really well as well. The well because only, if because even that is flipping a trope on its head. You know, the college kid becoming the killer, chasing two hillbillies, quote-unquote hillbillies. Again, I hate using that word, but it's how the movie describes them. You know, is a, yeah. a, is a flip of a hundred horror movies that came before it where, you know, people from rural America were the backwards, you know, violent, you know, chainsaw-wielding, like, crazies, you know, that were causing the the, the problems, you know. Um, people living out in the swamps that just want to get college kids and kill them, you know. The, the idea that the movie ends <coughs> with a murderous college kid chasing after two people from sort of rural America 
who were just trying to just trying to fulfill their dream of having a holiday home you know is in itself a unique approach so even when it becomes a traditional horror movie towards the third act even that is a flip of a trope so the movie at no point is ever never devolves into just being a traditional horror film like not completely anyway yeah for sure uh, and uh, the, so the only i'm uh, i'm nitpicking dan you you got your atlas Atlas? Oh, I've got I've got, I've got an okay. atlas. I've also got a roadmap. I've got an A to Z, Chris. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I could just use my phone, but this week we're going. We're going. We're going analog. I'm bringing the paper ones. Let's Where are we heading, Chris? Nitpick corner. Oh, lovely. Yes, I, please. I don't think the intro works. I don't think we. I. I'd be fine with it if we go back to it more overtly, but we don't. I, I know it kind of gets you. You're able to put the pieces together because you see the reporter later on. So for those that don't remember, it opens with a sort of steady cam home camcorder shot of a reporter going into the the holiday home, as it's referred to, and then getting attacked by the college kid um, whose face is all bloody. And we just never we never loop back to it fully. By the end of the film, we know what the context is, but you almost have to go. Well, we, we, I certainly did go, wait, wait, hold on. So what was the beginning bit again? Like, is that, is that being, and Jess was like, well, it's a reporter. And I was like, I know that, but like, do we loop to it more? Unless there's a post-credit sequence actually, which I didn't. Um, no, uh, I don't, I don't believe, I don't I believe there think. is. No, no, no. And actually I think this, that could have been a post-credit sequence. Like, and it's slightly, if you're paying real attention, I mean, it's, it's sort of that sort of steady cam style shot so it's not overtly clear you know which college kid it is or anything but if you if you're paying attention it, it could spoil where that's going with him um mm. and it kind of it feels like it's designed to to for, for intrigue it's designed to make you think is it zombies is it this and it does do that but i think because they never loop back to it fully i the only part of the movie where i was like mm, i'm not sure about that is that is that introduction? Do you think then? I think there's two solutions uh, that I would, if that was a problem I had sort of as a filmmaker identified in the feature, that uh, would probably ease that. One would be to disguise the face a bit more, maybe do a thing where the college kid gets hold of one of the hats that the two, um, the, the, the Tucker yeah. and Dale have, so that in the intro, what you get a glimpse of isn't really the face in the camera but one of the two hats. And then, at the end of the movie, you have him, you know, when he's got them captured, maybe grab one of the hats, wear it, like, you know, to mock them sort of thing. And then they escape, and then you see the reporter go into the house. Yeah, 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 for sure. But but am I nitpicking? What do you think? No, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's one of those things where they it, it, it wouldn't take a lot. I, I don't mind that it kind of potentially gives away the ending if you're clever enough to clock who it is i don't mind that so much i i agree it could have been shot in a way that was a little less clear because i do think if you it's pretty clearly that kid um you know uh i don't think you know they don't they don't do enough to hide it especially if you know but then again the first time i watched the movie i didn't see it i still didn't see it coming so i you know like it, it, it clearly worked so i can't really criticize that too much i think that that one is a sort of more minor point but the the larger point and the one I I really thoroughly agree with is I as a nitpick and I and I think is a real is a real thing. That opening doesn't really bear much on the movie, other than setting tone. 
And the fact it never plays back into the movie, it feels like a Chekhov's gun that's never found. Like, we never get... We we, we, we get to the circumstances under which that moment might occur, but we never actually see the moment play out from the other side. You know, from inside the movie itself, full. Um, And I... Yeah, and I think that's I think that's an absolutely fair criticism. I think that is right because, you know, I think it's fair for an audience to expect that to be paid off in some way. It's the opening of your movie, it's yeah. The first image yeah. you've shown us, and it's designed to both be a tone setter but also a potential mystery. It's all obscured and you don't know what's going on and all that stuff. And I just think like if you're going to do that, then you need to pay it off. And it wouldn't surprise me to discover there was a scene in the movie where that was paid off more clearly. And they just had to cut it for time. Um, yeah, I mean, you say that, but then again, like movies, movies are a uh, 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 cool ninety minutes, like which is which is. is also one of its strengths. Like it's just a it's just a blast. It's just a put it on hour and a half blast of a movie. Yeah, um, but I, I think so, there was some know. concern at the studio about this movie because it didn't. It, it, there was a bit of a gap between it being filmed and released. It was filmed in two thousand and nine. It wasn't released until two thousand and eleven. 2011. If I, there was some struggle, struggle getting a distributor. It did some festivals. It's a bit of a process, this film. And I do wonder if one of the conditions on it being purchased was that it was like trimmed by 10 minutes so they could squeeze more showings into a day when it got a release. I'm not sure that's what happened, but it also wouldn't surprise me to discover that's what happened. And I guess if you're cutting something... But then if you're going to cut the payoff for that later in the movie, cut the opening, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I had a, I, I had an interest. I, I also had a, not a nitpick. I, just something I wondered about the opening, Chris. So I have a question for you. Would it work better? And I, I, and I think I, I think the answer is probably no. But I'm curious your thoughts. Would it have worked better if the movie went a bit further in before revealing that Tucker and Dale are nice, normal guys? Would it have worked uh, better if we'd have spent a bit more time seeing it from the teenager's perspective? before we flip because they flip pretty quickly mm, i honestly don't think so because actually Mm -hmm. i i spent the first few minutes of the movie going i thought this movie was called tucker and dale versus Uh right like presumably tucker and dale are the heroes why are we spending time with these college kids and then when it flipped it's like oh okay i think you need some version of that yeah but i it, it like out and out you know, especially Tucker. Yes. Tucker and Dale are the heroes of this movie. And I think if you spend more time with the college kids and more time sharing, whilst it would be clever and cool to share the character's misunderstanding, I think it's then harder to fully make Tucker and Dale the heroes. And already the intro, for me, suffers from that a little bit. Because right. I'm like, oh, who am I? Who am I meant to be following here? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I think weird. that I, I, I think that is why. I mean, I think that's where I landed on it as well. Because I did, I wondered about like that being like a sort of end of the first act reveal, and being, and and I did think there's a version of that where it's a satisfying first act and a surprise, mm. but I think it harms the movie on a larger scale. Does that make sense? So I, I wondered about it when I... Because this is the first time I've watched this movie sort of critically thinking about the movie, you know, and actually wondering about, like, the structure and the, the approach and stuff. I just... 
when I first watched it, I just put it on, really enjoyed it. And to be honest with you, I didn't make very many notes for this movie because I really did have just such a good time that I was just like, I didn't even really want to yeah, stop yeah, to guys, take notes. This, this may be one of our shortest episodes because basically it's a fucking blast. Everyone should watch it. You yeah, know, there's a bit, but that's a really in a really good way. In like a really, the mm-hmm. main thing to say is it's fucking entertaining. But it's that classic, especially we are often comedies are shorter in general unless they're bad because you find yourself you don't want to just recite the jokes <laughs> like right. but the but the jokes are brilliant but yeah sorry carry on what you were saying uh yeah so there was a part of me that wondered about the structure and about doing that but i th- i think i agree with you i think in the in the long in the long term in the in the la- you know looking at the big picture it might make for a more entertaining first act and a reveal that would be like, oh, cool, that's the idea. But you're right, you'd have to give it a different title for that to work for a start. Um, but second of all, I think, I think that I think you lose sight of the the, the 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 overall picture of the movie because I think that they do a lot of really good stuff, making you really care about Tucker and Dale in the opening yeah. to, to act. And, and I think without and I that think... build up, the rest of the movie suffers. I don't think it would actually make a better first, a more interesting first act. I think it would make a, it would make a bigger twist. But you know who, right. who, what, what movie have you ever seen where you're like, man, I, I hope there's a good twist in Act One. <laughs> like, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, I think yeah, I mean, there are plenty of movies that, that have, weird, there are plenty of movies that have done it, but. What as, as early as Act One, like pulled like a big twist? Uh, yes. I don't want to name the movie because it, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a movie that I've told a lot of people they should watch and not and never and not read anything uh, about. Okay. Um, I don't want right, to right. give away that it has an act on twist, but there's a specific horror movie I'm thinking of like immediately, and I'm sure there are other examples. But the one that immediately comes to mind, it would spoil that movie to tell people that. All I say about that movie is that people should just watch it. It's great. Um, is, uh, it a, is it a very recent movie? Uh, pretty recent, yeah, pretty recent. Um, I've recommended it, I think, on uh, an episode of Nothing But Static. Um, let me just one second. The thing is, I, I really feel like I should name it now. They'd recommend it, but at the same time, I've already given away that as a twist in the act, in the first act. Um, yeah, 2017, pretty recent. That's pretty recent. Oh, I thought you were talking about like a recent, recent movie that no, I no, haven't no. seen, but it's had some amazing marketing. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, it's, uh, even worse, in the UK right now, you can watch the movie I'm referring to for free on Channel 4. Oh, I want to tell people what it's called, but I've already given away that it has a twist. That's so frustrating. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's another horror comedy, and it's from 2017, and it's, uh, it's, it's not a, it's not an English release, it's a, yeah, it's a Japanese movie. That's, that's what I'll say. So, you should be able to put it together from the date and the location and the release. Yeah, it's great, it's fantastic. If you really want to know, you can look it up. There you go. I've given enough for anyone who wants to know to, to dig it out. But anyway, yeah, uh, and that works really well in that movie and then pays off in some really clever ways following it. Um, uh, You know, but nice. I, I think in this example, it hurts the movie. Uh, and even, even as I was asking the question, I think I said, like, I think my answer is no, I don't think they should have done that change. But uh, just as a bit of like open speculation as to a way to restructure the movie. I actually know as well, on the DVD apparently, and I've never seen this now, I, ha- I won't have time to watch it for this, but I never got a chance. On the DVD, there is an edit of the movie that's just the college kids' perspective. Oh, that's brilliant. So at some point I might watch that and report back because that sounds really fun. 
<laughs> not as a yeah. way to watch the movie, but as a way to revisit it afterwards. Um, a bit like when we did Memento, and then we did the forward version as well. Yeah, which was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it won't function as a movie, but it'll be an interesting experiment. I'd be interested in seeing how it plays yeah. out that way. But anyway. I wonder, um, if, that's, uh, I wonder if that's on YouTube. Yeah, I wonder if it is. Uh, I, 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 certainly... Um, it certainly sounds like it'd be a good experiment. Um, <clears throat> I think we should, we should, you know, going any further without complimenting the cast would be um, a mistake, yes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alan Tudyk as Tucker. Um, it, it, it just absolutely amazing. Apparently a lot of, not a lot, but a, a reasonable amount of things that were sort of ad-libbed and added by the two actors in person, you know, in, in, on set. Um, Tyler Labine uh, playing Dale. Katrina Bowden as Allison. And, and Jesse Moss, who plays Chad, the sort of t- the the the, uh, the generic sort of college kid that turns psychopathic at the end. Um, he's great. Um, yeah, and all, and and, the, and I'm not as familiar with the other actors that play the other the other the other college kids, but they're all they're all really good. Um, oh, the guy that plays the sheriff as well. What a fucking. We should talk about that scene. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is. <laughs> The scene when the sheriff turns up and Tucker and Dale have just had a conversation about how insane it would be to be like, oh, gee, Willikers, officer, um, all these college kids just started showing up on our property and killing themselves uh, and how how no one would ever believe that. And then the cop actually just immediately turns up and they have to do exactly that. And watching that play out is just like a tour de force of comedy acting from everyone involved. Um, and the three people that are primarily focused in the scene is Philip Granger as the sheriff and then uh, Tyler Bean and Alan Tudyk as Tucker and Dale. And it is just like just watching masters at work. Like it is it, every delivery, every facial expression. It's just communicates so much. And it's like this weird for a movie that uses so much slapstick comedy to go to like a really verbal source of comedy for a few minutes like that, where it is a lot much mostly just the conversation that's so funny, um, is is a really great like change of pace for the movie. Even like it's one of the ways the movie balances itself, and it's just, it's fantastic. And everyone involved is is doing a really good job. Um, big yeah, big love, uh, big love I, to the cast. Yeah, Katrina Bowden as well, um, and mm-hmm. I use that as a. Um, use uh, the topic of her as a uh, jumping off point um, because I, she does a brilliant job of playing like a, a role that on paper has to sort of switch allegiances and tones and, and stuff very quickly. Although to be yeah. fair, actually, I think it's a very clever scene. to sh- They do a number of things at the beginning with her character to show that whilst she is friends with these people, Actually, she does also kind of think they're dicks as well. <laughs> like the odd little look. There's a kind of slightly overt scene where you know the guy kisses her and she she pushes him away and stuff. Yeah. Um, but they do a lot of really good. They really make you buy <laughs> buy the love story. I think, but also they get away with the love story because it is like a quick like you know they you know they fall in love very quickly and comically, but. I think the tone of this movie is so consistent that yes. you they just get away with it because it's just all fitting within the... It is very true to the world that the movie has created with its tone, with its visuals, with its storyline. And it just works. You don't watch this movie and think, well, I don't buy them as a couple because you just believe anything can fucking happen at this point. <laughs> 
Yeah, it is. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because again, I talked about this at the beginning, but like tonally speaking, you know, we live in a world now where there's quite a lot of movies that do what this movie does. You know, Happy Death Day, Willy's Wonderland, uh, Ready or Not, uh, Werewolves Within, uh, uh, Freaky, which is actually by the same director as uh, Happy Death Day, so that makes sense. But you know, this is a pretty common thing now to have these movies with with this sort of like intentionally goofy tone but it is also somehow a horror because you know i I think there is a world where it's possible to balance both and while tucker and dale isn't a pioneer in the sense of this isn't the first movie to have done it i do think it's the start of a more modern wave of it and i do think everything from the writing and direction does an inordinate just like a really great job basically at creating a balance where one doesn't hurt the other and that is a tightrope walk um I, you know i you know you know doing horror and gore could easily hurt the comedy doing comedy could easily tonally hurt the the, the, the horror and, and and while i think this movie does lean more on the scale towards comedy than horror i think um i think it it's very good very quickly at establishing itself so that you're not jarred by any of that as it's happening. Like, the, the, the opening scenes between them, you immediately get the tone. And it's really quick how they establish it and they, they win you into it. And I, and, I, and I could see in a world where movies like this are less common, that's actually a big job, right? Because now... Yeah, yeah we got, for sure. We know that exists. You know, we've, you know, we've seen Happy Death Day. You know, we've, we, we, we've seen Ready or Not. Or even Cabin in the Woods. Christ, Cabin, I forgot about Cabin in the Woods. You know... Uh, we've seen these movies that do this it's 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 an understood thing you go in with that expectation but i'm just not sure sitting down to watch tucker and dale versus evil that necessarily is going to be a thing you're already on board with and already expecting you know so to, to sell an audience on that and then do it so well is is a real trick and it's it's a real shame this director isn't really doing a lot these days it's, it's he's he's made one movie since this one um and uh, it had adam scott in it i've not seen it it looked good though um eli craig he's called and yeah he did a movie with called little evil in 2017 with adam scott and uh and nothing since which is like a real shame um i think he should be working more i'm sure he's doing yeah. other stuff like as a producer or whatever but like yeah i i think i think he's got a lot to offer and i'm, I'm sad he's not had more of an opportunity and admittedly this movie was a financial disaster but <laughs> the the, 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 the but let's product. not hold that against him. What's that? I said, but let's not hold that against him. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, let's let's not let's not mince words here. I mean, the movie had a five million dollar budget and it made five point two million. <laughs> and for anyone going, well, that's two hundred thousand dollars profit. No, um, they had to market the movie too, and the budget doesn't include that. So marketing. So that's been so, so 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 why do you think it was genuine, legitimately? Do you think it was just too ahead of its time? That's a genuine theory. You know what? I, I, you know what? I think, yeah, probably, right? I think now people look out for those movies. You know, when they, when you know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think people are sort of that's all, it's a genre in itself now that there are fans of that seek it out, and and it's obviously nothing to do with the movie's quality because this is a cult classic now. Loads of people of this movie it got really good review scores, even at the time. I think uh, Roger Ebert liked this movie, and he was always brutal to anything that was even close to horror, and he lo- and he loved this movie. So, I think, you know, yeah, maybe it was just a bit ahead of its time, you know, uh, it's because it's kind of goofy, 
you know, because the thing with the thing with the movies that were horror comedies prior to this, other than like Shaun of the Dead, but like you know the Scream series, the Evil Dead series, they were funny in a very they were sort of funny in a serious way almost. Like the movie still took itself seriously to a certain point, whereas this movie is just out and out like now this is silly and schlocky on purpose, and the dialogue is kind of cheesy on purpose. You know, everyone's very overt with the things they say. We're kind of making fun of horror movies while we're doing one. And playing with the tropes. So yeah, maybe the audiences just weren't really into that idea. Or maybe it was marketed terribly. I've not actually watched the trailer. But... Uh, yeah, I, I, I assume I saw the trailer at the time. But I, I'm not, I don't remember it. So but so yeah, maybe they marketed it terribly too. That's, that's also a very plausible scenario. <laughs> um, or barely marketed it at all. Uh, like That's also a factor maybe. Maybe they did just shove it out with minimal marketing and hope that it would just catch on somehow yeah maybe and and, and i guess because how how big was alan tudyk at the time i not as big as he is today yeah so there's Nowhere no near. like do you know what i mean there's it, it, you know in, de- in defense of the marketing is there a linchpin particularly to put the movie on do you know what i mean mm-hmm. which there shouldn't need to be but that is a factor when it's not you know a known property and stuff yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And I just think, like, a movie that had a $5 million budget, realistically, like, how much is a studio willing to spend to promote it? Mm. So even if it did have a good marketing campaign, you know, who were they paying to get it in front of people? How many people that weren't already kind of watching this movie's progress because they happened to be a fan of Firefly and Reaper were aware this movie even existed, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And, and you know, and if and if the trailer wasn't playing in front of every major movie for half a year, like is sort of Hollywood standard now, people wouldn't have even known it was coming, you know. And that is the same for modern horror. I mean, I, I I remember being really surprised. I remember I first saw a trailer for Happy Death Day, uh, two Happy Death Day to you, about two weeks before it released, <laughs> and that was the first time I'd seen a trailer for it. Now I'm sure they put one out online, but in front of another movie. I was like, oh, that's coming out. Oh, that's coming out in two weeks. Like, I remember that being, you know, and I think the same happened with Freaky. I remember only hearing about Freaky weeks before it was released. Um, and that was a fucking great movie. That was, I think that's, that's the Vince Vaughn one. That's really good. If anyone hasn't seen that, that's another really fun movie in this sort of genre. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tricky one. I, I can't really explain this movie's failure because it's certainly not the film itself. That's for sure. I mean, the film's great. No, and it's, and it's got a really, another kind of uh, notch pin, whatever for the, the head of its time art um, feeling is it's got a real modern sensibility to its humor. Like its dialogue is so witty mm-hmm. in, in like a modern way. Although, you know, this film was, what was it? 2011, you said. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it is relatively modern, but, um, you know, still it's really, it's really sharp and witty. And like, I, like I said, I don't want to just sit here and repeat jokes, but that the one we've already said, the, are you okay? <laughs> like, that's just so yeah. funny. It's so great. So, like I say, a real modern sensibility in its humor. And it's even like, it's small <laughs> details as well. It's like, uh, wait, wait, after he gets the bee stings, Alan Tudyk's Tucker character goes in and pours a beer over his face. Just for no reason. Like, no reason whatsoever. 
like the beer is all healing apparently um, and that's not even really getting into like the the you know the, the the sort of message of the movie which is not subtle um but it is about judging a book by its cover and while that is a really simplistic message um i think it's handled really well i i think it's a it's 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 clear um and i think you know the example they use is so i think the reason it's so powerful so quickly is because you watch the movie and you immediately recognize the trope of rural Americans turn murderous. So, you know, I, I think that's, they're cheating a little bit because some of it is coming from my own. Oh yeah. I've seen a hundred movies where I would immediately assume these guys were the murderers, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. without thinking about it twice, you know, um, and, and making me challenge my own assumptions. And again, these days, that seems like quite a quaint message for a movie like this. Uh, you know, films have moved on, to, you know, to, to, to more complex messaging, but this was quite a surprising way to approach it, to build it into the story the way they did. Um, and yeah. All the, all the, to play another kind of random compliment, because uh, this is, you know, this is what you do with this movie, but it's this good is um all of the deaths are really inventive um, yes. you know that sort of almost final destination-esque how can we kill people in a different way but inventive but still also very much within the parameters of the world they've set up what's nearby like you know they do the, the in in a in a worse version of this movie that pillar would just fall for that death but they've set up multiple times and you know it's coming it still yeah, manages absolutely. to surprise you when it comes like yeah. it's great yeah. and and, Everything and, and is... finding so many deaths that are both inventive and also continue to make it look like they're doing it even though they're not yeah like we've not spoiled Crazy. half the deaths in the movie in, the, in this podcast, so if you have listened without watching, um, I, I do recommend checking it out because some of just the deaths alone are clever. Um, you know, uh, the, yeah, you're right; they're very clever. I, and having recently watched uh, the new Halloween film, which had a couple of invented deaths, but not really a lot. It's a lot of Mike Myers just and the other dude pulling knives through people. Um, I was I was grateful for that, <laughs> even though I didn't hate the new Halloween movie. Um, uh, you know. This, yeah, it was crazy to think this sort of horror comedy probably had more inventive deaths than yeah than than, a, than an entry in the Halloween franchise, you know. <laughs> and 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 but again, also like often often those films like you know uh, even the Final Destination movies with inventive deaths they still have to go to this location and then they travel to another location and you know then it's then it's mm -hmm. in a tanning booth or it's at the dentist. Right. This is all within the confines <laughs> of this cabin. Like, right. and still, they the deaths are within the confines of the cabin and mostly adhering to the logic of it's got to look like one thing to one person, one thing to another, and be something else entirely. Yep. And yep. they nail it on every single death. And that is really, really impressive. Yeah, and I think even, like, things that you would think would be a stretch to explain... They just find really simple, obvious answers. Like, yeah. why do they have a cabin that looks like it belongs to a serial killer? Well, they bought it cheap because the guy clearly died or left or whatever. And they've inherited it. Yeah. And it looks like it's from a horror movie, this cabin. But because it's been abandoned for a number of years, and clearly the last owner was a psychopath. <laughs> like, you know, like, they do the joke where up on the wall is all the, the, the newspaper cuttings of nearby disappearances, which is a horror trope. 
that are you know that are, that are that are you know middle America sort of or not even middle America like a, like a Florida swamp murderer would 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 have you know and and they play on that and it's the simple answer is the last owner was that <laughs> which well, could is you, well, could you. Could you draw? Could you add two and two and get twenty six and say that the for the previous owner might have been the the college right. kid's dad? You could, yeah, absolutely. I think that's there. I think that's in the subtext if you want to put it together. Um, and that's actually something we should talk about. There is another twist. The movie throws at you, and it's all well set up as well. So early in the movie, the kid that turns crazy is. Um, revealed or, or not real sorry in the beginning of the movie he tells a story of a couple of people out in the woods that got killed by quote-unquote hillbillies and um and then he, he he puts emphasis on the fact it's a real story and then later in the movie we discover that that was his parents that were murdered and that's why he so, got such a a hatred for these for, for tucker and dale basically like such an automatic assumption of guilt um, although there's plenty of evidence anyway, he doesn't really need that. But the reveal towards the end of the movie is that actually um, these quote-unquote hillbillies didn't um, kill his dad and his mom barely escaped. One of those hillbillies was his dad um, through some gruesome events. Um, which they kind of play in the movie as that's why he's crazy because some crazy murderer was his dad or whatever. I slightly don't like that, just on the grounds that I think it hurts the movie's message slightly because they were murderous people from you know from rural America. Um, but it's only a, that's only a slight niggle. I don't know. Did you feel more strongly about that than me? I I I, I it kind of bothered me slightly because I just kind of felt it hurt the message, but I didn't like wasn't enough to take me out of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it did take me out of it because to be fair, I don't I did I wasn't thinking too much about the message. I guess <laughs> you know it's um. I, so yeah but i i think you're right it does but it definitely didn't bother me watching it no yeah yeah i think that's right i think that's i think that's the correct position on it which is like it is a it is a slight problem but not a big enough problem to hurt the movie uh but it's, so it's, a, it's a pretty good reveal and it's one that sort of like is embedded throughout the movie and even though they do do a tiny bit of like let's stop and explain the backstory for a minute which i never like in any movie because i always feel that hurts the pacing um they did enough setup earlier in the movie so it doesn't go on for too long and it all fits really well and it informs the character and sort of explains more so what's going on and i wasn't really expecting it to be the kind of movie that had a third act reveal um but it does mm. and, it, and it and it and it functions i think it's it's pretty it's pretty well embedded into the rest of the script and i think you're right as well like you could assume that cabin was owned by essentially that kid's dad <laughs> and maybe mm. that you know that's why the it is in the shape that it is in um and you could even go even further if you wanted and make the assumption that maybe that kid encouraged his friends to go out where they went for camping for a camping trip with the intent of finding you know yeah maybe you yeah. could even you could even incur you could even potentially I, infer that from it if you if you if you wanted to stretch it even further I think that's the other reason it works because it's obviously such a trope like do you know what i mean the mm -hmm. the kid with a past and 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 trauma has has turned into the killer um and like you know it's 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 playing the movie is playing with the tropes deliberately um so yeah i think i think that's uh that's the case i think it i think it does work and also because it, it does i mean it gets silly like towards the end but again 
within the tone and the confines of the movie and and deliberately so and it yeah it, it works for sure yeah and i i just want to point out, i've got this quote that i wrote down uh because i want to ask you just a little bit more about the lo- your thoughts on the love story and whether they you know successfully convinced you of it because one of the lines in the movie because they they make dale such a sweet character and there's a point when he says <laughs> such a, he's one of those lines that gives you such insight into the character and his own self-doubts but also is a great joke he just says i should have known that a guy if a guy like me spoke to a girl like you someone would end up dead <laughs> so fucking incredible piece of writing um but yeah I, you, you know you're our you're our resident um romantic story guy you 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 love a good rom-com i i, I was convinced um yeah the, the the breakfast scene is really sweet. Like yep. he's like, oh, you don't you don't like pancakes? Okay, okay. <laughs> Surely you like bacon and eggs. Them yep. bonding over um, the the game, the yep. fact that you know she worked on a farm, so enjoys getting stuck in, and they have that moment bonding together. Which the also then leads he, to a great yeah. joke from the other side, where the college kids see her digging and think, yeah. they, they, think the, the, they think Tucker and Dale have her digging her own grave, which is another trope that they yeah. play on in this movie. Oh, that's a brilliant. That's a brilliant moment. <laughs> I I think they they spend enough time with them as a couple. Um, yep. Like it, it, you know, is it a bit quick for the, for her to seemingly decide to move away and and you know just go bowling with him every week uh, potentially? But again, well, I, I, not within the world of the movie. <laughs> how much time has passed though? At the end, that was one thing I thought well, was kind of was kind of clever, because yeah. the movie doesn't yeah, get them fair. together on that night. Mm, they get they true. get out of it on that night, and then we cut to an undetermined amount of time later. And they, they well, they, first of all, we cut to like clearly within the, a couple of days of it because Tucker is still in the hospital, but then we cut to them bowling and. We don't really know how that could have been a few weeks but later, don't, a few don't months they, later. Don't, don't Tucker and Dale have an exchange of uh, basically where he confirms he asked her out to go bowling. So the right. implication is that's yeah. then the bowling date shortly after. Yeah, but maybe. Or, still, you, or you could, like, imp- or you could so, I, I suppose you could assume. There's nothing to say is that that is the first bowling date. But yeah, you're probably right. That is probably what they're going for. Yeah, but I but still it still works like because mm-hmm. it's just a, but also because everything else works so well and you want them to get together like how how much would this movie suck if they don't like it literally yeah. plays out like a love story yeah, um yeah. and is and but more than a love story it's a story about him finding his confidence it's a story about him yes stepping up and he's always been afraid all his life to step up and even talk to a girl. And and now he's rushing in to be the hero and save the girl. Like you know, he's got he's got a full on arc. Um, and and I think to some degree she does. She's with these college kids. She one of them's a creep. She doesn't really she doesn't really like them. And then by the end, she can be herself and and you know go bowling mm-hmm. with Tucker. Like yeah, I think it absolutely works. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with all that. And I I also really like his arc. And I also really like his relationship with with Tucker because. Tucker is like mean to him sometimes and like you should be helping me with the yard work and all that stuff but like mostly they have a really really sweet friendship where Tucker's just constantly trying to help him be more confident like Tucker sees that he doesn't see much in himself and it is about him going from not believing in himself to believing in himself enough to charge in to save the girl you know Um, and then ask her out without Tucker's provocation 
you know, because the, the, at the beginning of the movie, yeah. they very clearly do that really, it's a really funny scene where <laughs> Dale, um, it goes over to try to talk to the college kids, but it's before he's had any interactions with Alison that are like sweeter before she knows. And they're all just like terrified because he comes over and starts acting weird. And they just think he's like a crazy, you know, like, quote unquote, the crazy hillbilly or whatever. Um, and it, but it's it's just him trying to really sweetly trying to like, relate to them and ask her out. And it just starts oh, a mess, but it's so funny. Um, so he goes from that where he's like so bad at it to like being a lot more confident at the end of the film. And I think that works really well. And I think they do it slowly as well. I don't think it's like at the beginning of the film, he's one way at the end of the, of the film, he's, he's another you see him slowly gain confidence as it, through his interactions with both of both both Allison and and Tucker as the movie goes on. Um, yeah, I think it's really it's really satisfying. And, and a movie like this probably doesn't need a complex character arc. And I'm not saying that is a complex character arc, but the movie would probably get away with the th- character arcs being even thinner, and it would still be a good movie. But the fact they took the yes, time and effort to have all these ingredients working together. I mean, we were talking about their relationship and how they developed that. And one of the scenes where they're doing that is also a scene where they're doing a really clever thing with the misunderstanding that's the the core of the movie at the same time. We talked about the digging scene, you know. And that's what's so great about this movie, I think, is that it's that it's it's doing all these things at once, at all times. Mm. <laughs> um and that is a that's a tough juggling act. Um I've got a, a a quote here actually from the director as to why the movie he thinks the movie didn't succeed. We were talking earlier about, you know, why. Hearing the director's thoughts on it, I think he's actually summed it up nicely. <laughs> he says, and, and it, is, it does come down to maybe people weren't quite ready for a movie like this. But he sort of said um, it, it struggled to even find a distributor because it wasn't quite indie or mainstream enough to fit into either category. It was t- uh, too bloody to be a standard comedy and re- promoted and released as a full comedy. But it was too funny and too focused on the comedy to fit in the horror genre so no one knew what to do with the movie both marketing wise yeah, and release sense. wise so yeah mm. yeah yeah that makes sense yeah so um i mean i i'm 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 happy to you know move us on to move us on to true i don't have any more notes we've we've covered everything i think no it's it, go watch it it's fantastic yeah let's triv it up i'm gonna give you a some limited trivia. <laughs> um, with the exception of Tudyk um, and Bowden, um, the cast is conti- entirely consistent of... Uh, consi- uh, oh, God. The cast is entirely comprised of Canadian actors pretending to be Americans. Yeah. Just just, no, just Tucker go. and Allison. Everyone else is a, is a Canadian. Um, yeah, fair play. Before shooting began, uh, Alan Tudyk and Tyler Labine spent time rehearsing as well as hanging out and bonding with each other to make their chemistry on set stronger um and they actually reunited in, in a few years later in the tv show dirk gently's holistic detective agency which i remember and enjoyed so yeah i, I like those two they're both good i we don't see enough of, of tyler though i don't know what i mean what's tyler doing these days very sad that we don't, i don't see I him very I'm regularly sad. i'm gonna i'm gonna look that up dan yeah i, I like him a lot and i and i don't feel he gets enough work um, or at least I haven't seen enough of his work, which means he he had a he, he was head of psychiatry by the looks of it in uh, New Amsterdam. So that was obviously an NBC or is is an uh, NBC we, medical drama. Did we drama. review the first couple episodes of that? I can't remember, but the fact that so he he's in the 
He's in the main cast on that from 2018, so he's been he's been mainly doing that by the looks of it. And otherwise, Kevin probably saves the world. He was in Dirk Gently for seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Movie wise, he's done two Escape Room movies, Super Troopers two. Um, I was yeah, in Super so Troopers. I, I see. I meant to see Super Troopers two. I never saw it. Yeah, it looks like he's. To be fair, he's well at the end. I mean, he's he's been in New Amsterdam, so that's obviously you know. He's been in that the whole time, seemingly, and that's yeah, so he's been doing eighty-three that episodes. He's, so. Yeah, eighty-three episodes yeah. since two thousand eighteen. Yeah, fair play. He was also Argu- in uh, arguably more consistent work than Alan Tudyk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. I like that guy though. I, I'd like him to be like one, one, once he gets out of New Amsterdam, I'm make him a lead. Let him let him be the lead of something. I, I like him a lot. I think yeah. he's great. Um. It, apparently, it was uh, Alan Tudyk's idea to pour beer over the bee stings on Tucker's face. <laughs> um, I think that's very funny. Um, the opening scenes on the road were shot during a thunderstorm. Fun. Or harrowing. Nice. I don't know. You pick. Yeah. Um, Alan Tudyk disliked the fact that there was only enough money to provide him and Tyler Labine with one set of clothes each. These got progressively dirtier and smellier throughout production. And were covered in increasing amounts of red Cairo syrup, uh, which I guess is to make it look like blood, which would harden overnight and require everything getting soaked in the morning to soften the fabric enough to get into them, meaning the two were damp and cold in the mornings and hot and sticky in the afternoons. That's brilliant. That really, I, I, I reckon that genuinely added to the aesthetic of this film. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think so too. That's the one thing we've not shouted out. The cinematography, the visuals are all fantastic. Like the the gore, mm-hmm. the slapstick, it's all working brilliantly. The the special effects, the real effects, it's you know, it's all fab. Yeah, that's actually a really hard thing to do because they've got to shoot some scenes of this with the with the legitimate like styling of a horror movie, and then they've got to shoot some scenes of this like a fucking episode of Mr. Bean, <laughs> you know, like yeah, him, yeah, exactly. Him, him running around with the chainsaw because he's being attacked by bees and scaring everyone off has to be both threatening and hilarious at the same time. And how do you, how do you make those choices shot wise um, to lean into the, when to lean into the comedy, when to lean into the horror? Yeah. Uh, it was shot really well. Uh, mm. For sure. Yeah. For absolutely. Sure. And the music as well does a good job of being both. Uh, I don't give that enough credit, but that's, yeah, that's, that's good too. Um, so apparently uh, Tyler Labine himself came up with the idea of wearing a hat that says giver. Um, he did it for two reasons. First of all, he liked, he looks like the word giver alluding to his sort of kind and generous nation, na- nation, nature. Second, um, it's the, the Canadian equivalent of get her done, um, which is a redneck, uh, phrase popularized by Larry, the cable guy. Um, so there you go. Uh, a rough cut of the film apparently was leaked ahead of re- release and has revealed several moments where lines were dubbed and when post-production effects were used because you could see the difference between the early cut and the, the final cut if you wanted at the time. Yeah. I don't recall that happening, but um, that's a shame. That is a shame. Hmm. Fair enough. Um, the character of Dale only swears once in the entire movie. It's the line, I'm going to shove my boot down his fucking throat, which happens right at the end and I think completes his character arc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um two cast members of this movie ended up working together on final destination 3 um jesse moss and Sheila simmons um i think that's quite funny that they played like a group of teenagers in a horror movie in this and then got to do the they were so right for that role they ended up doing the same thing again in final destination um chris there are two power rangers in this movie are they really 
Yeah, so Sasha Craig, who is the reporter at the beginning, and Brandon J. McLaren, who I think is the the one of the group that keeps not wanting to get involved and at the end gets murdered. Like he's the one that's like Oh, I knew I recognized him. He is a Power Ranger, yeah. Yeah, so so um Sasha Craig uh, was Kelsey Winslow on Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. And uh, Brandon J. McLaren played Jack Landers on Power Rangers SPD. So they've both been Power yeah, Rangers. Yeah, because I, I, I actually like, I actually watch, I've watched like the first 12 episodes of Power Rangers SPD for some reason and uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Yeah, there you go. There are two Power Rangers in this movie. I thought you'd enjoy that. I have never Dude. added trivia to my notes as quickly. <laughs> As I did then. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to choose Power Rangers next. Power Rangers Turbo. <laughs> so you can be like, there are so, six Power Rangers in this movie. No, five. Well, at least um, at the beginning. Anyway. It's a, well, at least there's not there. 160 Power Rangers, Chris, which is the number of glasses uh, Daniel Radcliffe went through during the making of the Harry Potter movies. Boom. Did it. Yeah, but is that is it is it ruined by the fact that you didn't do it last week? So... I knew you were going to say that. So, yeah, I forgot last week. Um, yeah. You know what, Chris? I'm going to pretend I did. <laughs> In my heart, I did. <laughs> um, we've already... Oh, yeah, so this is this is the, the last bit of the truth, but it's, it's the saddest bit, because um, in an interview with Choice Cuts, director Eli Craig expressed thoughts on a sequel titled Tucker and Dale Go to Yale, which was described as Goodwill Hunting meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um... But he also said he liked that Alan Tudyk had had an idea to do a sequel that was kind of more similar to Dusk Till Dawn. Um, I think that's also a really fun idea. Um, so at the Horror Hound Weekend 2014, cast members Alan Tudyk and Tyler Bean confirmed that there was a sequel in development. Um, but in 2016, the two revealed that it was still actively being developed, but it was tricky because of their commitments. And then sadly, um, when asked about the status of the sequel at Boston Comic Con in 2017, Tudyk responded that a script had been written, but disappointingly, he did not think it would be likely to be moving forward. Well, I, on Wikipedia, that's written as uh, the script had been written, but was disappointing. Uh, so, so not just disappointingly wouldn't be moving forward. The script itself was disappointing, and that's why it wouldn't move forward. Is that right? Um, is how it's yeah. Well, that's how it's phrased on Wikipedia. Um, and you know, if that is the case, fair play for not just cash cowing it and like being like, okay, it needs to be quality and stuff. So, yeah, and, and anyone okay going, what do you that. mean cash cowing it? It would be a failure. I mean, I don't think it would be now. That's the thing. I I think no. I think we're ready. <laughs> you know. Mm. I I think the time is right for a for a Tucker and Dale sequel, truthfully. Um, I honestly think you know you could you could make a sequel potentially for five ten million, and I think potentially it could easily make five ten million. Easily, yeah, yeah. Especially because this is like a cult classic now. I think it's picked up a lot more. You know, I think it's picked up a lot more love since um, mm. since its release for sure. Um, so yeah, so are we ready for everyone's favourite world famous cut segment? Cars exist. Meow. Oh, beautiful. It's a good noise. Um, so there are th- I don't know, it's kind of three cars worth noting in the movie. The 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 the, the sheriff has a Jeep Cherokee, which I think is a standard police vehicle. It's a nineteen eighty eight Jeep. Um, the, uh, the 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 car that the college kids arrive in is a Chevrolet Suburban, which was ninety two. And then the, uh, the the sort of the, the, the sort of pickup truck type car that Tucker and Dale use 
1981 GMC K1500. I don't really know what that is. But sure. <laughs> no, me neither. It's it's not a Ford Corolla, so I'm out. Yeah. What was the one that the guy... The guy uh, Ford the... Taurus, sorry. Ford, Ford Taurus, that's Ford right. Tor- the J, yeah. JJ Johnny underscore... Uh, JJ underscore John underscore Johnny, our hero. Anyway, um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, no Ford Taurus this week, but, well, you know, some other vehicles. Cars exist, everyone. Um, so that leaves us, Chris... Um, with obviously, well, we've recommended the movie. We talked about the movie. Happy with the movie, uh, but it leaves us in a bit of a situation here because now you've got to choose a movie, Chris. And let's be honest, I'm really pleased because I feel like I nailed that one. You know, good movie. Yes, yeah, right. So I, we were looking I, for a good movie. We had some movies. We were st- like, oh, on the line. Do we like this? Flaws, problems. You know, the search for a good movie yeah. has ended a little. But I feel like you, you, you might need to respond. Well, no, I feel like it's not a competition, but I certainly feel like I don't need to respond and like better it. But I I think we both want to end this run because, you know, it's we're still feeling it from the Harry Potter movies. We got a bit burnt by um, Hook, Crazy Stupid Love. We've we've had I think we, 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 we went into this was the start of us going, let's try and end on bangers. Let's end on stone cold classic enjoyable movies Mm -hmm. and that has affected my choice because i very specifically wanted to choose because dan you may not realize this i i certainly didn't realize this let me let me potentially dazzle you a little with a fact dan oh yeah december 17 december 17th Mm -hmm. 2020 which is you know uh, at this point of release over two years ago yes yeah was the last time we did an animated movie? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've looked and checked, and feel free to now, but like to double check me if I'm wrong. But I believe the Nightmare Before Christmas because you can't, you know, count Avatar or, or Who, Who Framed well, Roger Rabbit. I was going to say Who Framed Roger Rabbit was my other thought, but yeah. Oh my god, is that right? Yeah, because they're not. They neither neither are out and out animated movies, are they? No. Let me just. Oh, that seems insane. I'm looking through the list, but I'm not seeing anything animated. How has that happened? Yeah, it's crazy. So, I I knew I wanted to choose an animated movie. I knew I wanted to choose a movie that was considered a stone-cold classic. Now, I had a... Oh, no. And I knew I wanted to go early, like early 90s. Because I I have an obvious animated movie, uh, which I want to pick at some point, which is the Simpsons movie. But that didn't... That felt... I, I, I wanted to be 80s, 90s. Yep. So, I had a... I had a... I had a choice. Um... But I'm like, mm, <laughs> I don't know if that choice is going to definitely hold up and be great. I think it'll be a fun watch, but is it going to be a classic? Is it considered a classic? No. So instead, Dan, I'm oh, making wow. this. I'm making. I'm, what? What are you? Just that you that you had a choice all lined up and you're changing your mind. I'm surprised with all that in mind no, about I, the animation. Well, no, because it was an animated. So, but I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you the choice because you know I, I was I was toying with the Rugrats movie, oh, but it gr- didn't I, feel. See, I loved that movie as a kid. Yeah, and I'm, but I'm worried. But is it definitely you loved Hook as a kid? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? That's the yeah. it's the concern because I loved that movie as a kid. So instead, I'm going even earlier, and I'm picking a movie that is considered an absolute classic that you, that I know you are a big fan of. Here's the weird thing, Dan. I'm picking a movie I've never seen. 
Interesting. So next week, we are going to watch Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, yes. That is an excellent yeah. choice. Yeah. I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted bangers, Dan. And I think Batman Mask of the Phantasm is, is hopefully, I mean, I've never seen it, but it's hopefully a bang. And just felt more in keeping with what I think we want to do with these last four than the Rugrats movie did. So sorry, Rugrats movie fans. We will get to it at some point. But I felt like it was more of an in-keeping choice with what we're going for here to, to, go, for, to go for Mask of the Phantasm. That's brilliant. That's an excellent choice. No, Mask of the Phantasm um, still comes up as one of the best Batman movies ever made, even in the wake exactly. of The Dark Knight and The Batman, which are both obviously brilliant, you know, for different reasons, but brilliant. Yeah. Because um, uh, yeah, um, that, that is the other thing. We're, we're what? We're, we're five seasons in now? We're Six. Season five? Six seasons in, we haven't really done many superhero movies. Certainly not the big guns. Obviously, we've done Power Rangers, but, you well, know, we haven't I done a... There's a reason for that, though. A lot of them are modern. Yeah, well, I think, yeah. Because, like, if you want to do the superhero movies from my youth, Chris, like, Christ, that Captain America movie from the 90s where a guy rides around on a, well, on a bike? Or, like, I mean, I so guess you I made there's... the X-Men movies, sort of. Blade. I think you could count. You could count the X Men movies. You could count Blade. You could count, obviously, the Superman, like Christopher Reeve Superman. You could count the early Bat- um, uh, Burton's Batman. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like there are there are definitely options. Probably probably the most fitting is Burton's Batman. Um, but yeah, no, but that's but we're not we're not doing Burton next week, baby. We're doing Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Yes. Yeah, that's a fantastic choice. That's a fantastic choice. Um, uh, yeah, no, wonderful. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, uh, it's been a few years since I've seen it. Um, I'm trying to think when the last time I saw that movie is. I think... Uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's been a while since I've sat down and watched that movie. I love that movie, but I've not seen it in a little while. So that's exciting. Um, and I yeah, think and it's it a... could. I don't... I, I feel yeah I, I, but it's, it feels like a safer choice for what we're going for than the Rugrats movie <laughs> yeah I think that's probably fair <laughs> although I, I when I came out of I'll tell you this now as a little tease for, for whatever we do get to it it probably won't be this season now but like I came out of the Rugrats movie as a kid and told everyone that would listen it was the best movie I'd ever seen mm. <laughs> well fair and what I love what I love about that is because I remember watching the Rugrats movie and equally being like, that was fucking brilliant. I'm going to say it now, Dan. That movie came out in 1998. We were probably a little bit older than the demographic that movie was actually going for. Was it 1998? Yeah, in America. So who knows what age we were when we got it. 98. Yeah, so I would have been 11. Well, let's say it's... It, well, no, it came out in the States in... November 1998. So I reckon we potentially didn't see it until 1999. So we were potentially... Well, well you was, were 11. I was, I, was and I, was, I was 12. Yeah, 12 is too... 12 is not the demographic that the Rugrats movie is aiming for. Do you not think? No. Rugrats is know. younger, surely. I'm with you, buddy. I had, a, I had a fucking great time. I love the movie. I'm just yeah. saying, like... Well, I tell you what, thoughts in the... I mean, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to force our hand on what, when, how soon we do the Rugrats movie on here, but comments below. 
What age do you think the Rugrats movie was kind of aimed at, listeners? Were I'm you, curious. Were you watching? Were you watching Rugrats in secondary school? Is my question to you. Yeah, I love Rugrats. <laughs> I'm dead. Twelve years old. Eleven, twelve years old. Yeah, still watching Rugrats for sure. Let me. Let's. What age is Rugrats aimed at? Uh, 2 to 11. Rugrats, the animated Nickelodeon series, is the most popular television show among 2 to 11. There you go. Well, you were 12. (laughs) When the movie came out. But I had obviously grown up watching the series. Mate, I loved it too. I just think, what I think is amusing, like we're, and 2 to 11, the core demographic there is 5 to 6. All I'm saying is, our love for that movie is amazing considering we could have easily gone, ah, you know what, watched Rugrats as a kid, but a bit too old by the time the movie came out. But I'm saying it's amusing that both of us were like, no, no, that was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I guess it's harder for me to, because like when I was a kid, I was like, that, I had no concept for that. And I, and I, I carried that through my adult life because, you know, like there's a reason we ended up watching Steven Universe. And like, you know, there's no, there's no boundary on like age for me. No, should stuff. there? No, because as, I, you know, no, as we've demonstrated on this very podcast, I think with some of the selections I've made, things that were maybe too young for me. So you could argue regrets, sure. Or things that were far too old for me. You know, gory sort of movies that yeah. might seem on the surface like they're for, for children, like Robocop, but is actually a really brutal, gory movie. You know, yeah, that's and the, I, you know, and even stuff like so, Gremlins, so, I watched way too young. You know, so to clarify, uh, that's that's the way things absolutely should be. I'm not saying things shouldn't be like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's you know, it's amusing to me that both of us were like, that was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I I, I remember loving it, but maybe they maybe they aged up with the audience. Maybe they knew that the people who grew up watching Rugrats. So maybe the movie was a bit older. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. It feels like it feels like you have to choose the Rugrats movie, but I'll let, I'll leave that in your hands. <laughs> no, I've already, I've already got a choice in the wings, and I'm just ah. Uh, yeah, right. Oh, let me think about that. And it's I've just got, your, just a, your I've choice. I've got another choice. And does that choice fit the fit the notion of end on end on bangers? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. When so. I was a kid, there was a period of time. I've been saving this one. There's a, when I was a kid, there was a period of time where this was my favorite movie for a long time. No, I've got. A guess, there was a there was a there was a point. When I could quote this movie's entire script top to bottom, I can't do that now. But as a child, I could do the the, the whole movie top to bottom, particularly one character's lines. Can so. I ask if it's got one of two actors in? Yeah, go on. Has it has it got either Jim Carrey or Robin Williams in? Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I think I know. Yeah. So, or like, at the v- very least, have it down to two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, actually, you know. no, because <laughs> actually, I think I definitely know because one of the one of the, one of my two I've got it down to is like I wouldn't be confident that's a banger. <laughs> so yeah, right, think... yeah. So it's the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I like for me, you know, that was a I, I've got that kind of got that locked in. Um, so maybe yeah, we have no, to make should. maybe we have you to make should. regrets the the, the 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 we'll tease that as maybe the opening episode of the next season. But we'll see. We'll see yeah, how we maybe. feel. We'll see how we feel. Because I, I nearly, if it's if I know, it's the film, I, know I where think we're going. Because I, 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 you know, yeah. If it's the film, if it's the film, I think it is. I nearly chose that film as well under the category of bangers from when we were bangers from the eighties, nineties when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So I nearly chose that movie as well. So it definitely oh. fits. Yeah, it definitely well, fits our end on bangers plan. 
Well, but, let's, let's see how I feel when we get to reviewing Mask of the Phantasm next week. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. If you want to hear us discuss Mask of the Phantasm right now and find out what I choose for the one after, you can do that by heading over to the Patreon. Uh, and for as little as $1 a month, you can get access to these episodes a week early, um, which is, uh, you know, a nice thing to do. Supports the show, uh, but not a necessary thing. Um, of course, if you're already on the Patreon, then I'm very sorry. You have to wait a week. And in 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 in, rea- in reality, that does that that makes you know better than the people not doing that. <laughs> but you can feel smug. So you can feel slightly smug, and at some point there will be bonus content for the people on the Patreon. And also, you know, you're supporting us and, and keeping the lights on in terms of just like paying for the website and the server costs and all the, the bits and bobs that, that come with doing this. Um, but yeah, so th- yeah, head over to Patreon.com/slash Nothing But Static if you wish to support us. As little as one dollar a month gets you access. We don't have like different things you get at different tiers you get access to the content a week early and the bonus content for whatever amount you pay um you can give more if you feel like it you can give less if you feel like it um you can support us in some non-financial ways by continuing to listen you can tell a friend you can head over to the youtube channel and subscribe and like a bunch of the videos you could comment on them that's engagement that's good you can head over to your podcast app of choice and just review it in app in app you just click a button and then you you do it, and it's unless you unless you do it. That's 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 what cool kids are doing these days. They go in app and they, and, <laughs> and they review things. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that. They, and that. then they go on, and then they go on TikTok. We're cool. Yeah, we're cool. We're cool. We're we cool. know things. Yeah, man. Head down a, gonna head down to a little, to a sock hop later, Chris. I'm down with the kids. I know. I know what's going on. Um, <laughs> You've lost me. <laughs> no, it's, sock hop is a very very old thing. Very very old. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a thing from I think that's like a thing from the fifties. So apparently, there's now a dating app that is called Thursday, and basically, you can only access it on a Thursday. And their whole thing is you shouldn't spend your life on dating apps. So we're only around on a Thursday, and they've that's... done like events in real life and stuff like that. Like they they do meetups and stuff in in person. That's interesting. It's cool, isn't it? Like you know, yeah. I, I think that's a really good approach. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I'm 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 torn on that because also there's a part of me that's just like, hey, some people they just want to they just want to get going. They want to they want to swipe left or right or whatever. But I think those people have Tinder and Grinder, don't they, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's yeah, that's true. That's true. I just oh, I guess what well, that was more of a criticism of. I just don't think anyone's patient enough that that app will be successful more than I don't like the idea. I'm just thinking of it from a business perspective. I don't know how that ultimately holds up, you know, an app you can only use once a week. But anyway, um, it's a nice idea. Um, Even if I think commercially, potentially spurious. Um, Anyway, um, the other thing you can do, of course, is get in touch with us with thoughts, thoughts and comments, Twitter, um, for now, until it collapses under it, the, our new overlord. For those of you wondering, it's the, the November the second. Second, it's November the second, and we're already talking weird because Twitter has been purchased by a fucking idiot. And um, who knows? It'll all be in flames maybe by when this goes out in January. <laughs> so, but for now, um, at Dan Doolan and at C Billingham, if you want to tweet us or if you have thoughts that can't be contained in a tweet, of course, head over to the old email uh, mail at nothingbutstatic.co.uk um, I think that's all the things oh and of course go go support Chris's efforts oh no by the time people hear this that's long gone January yeah but you can see if I did it and it might lead to me posting more it's it's we're, we're currently so, two, two days into a bet I've got with a friend 
that I am not going to remember and can't post on Instagram every day for um, for all of November. Mm-hmm. So to check out if I did that, go to my Instagram handle, which I don't know. <laughs> so Dan, Dan yeah, it's, uh, it's it's Chris Bill O six. Chris B I L L O six. If you want to find out if Chris yeah. successfully went the entire month of November with and, that, uh, and if while I posting every day on Instagram, if if I don't, they're they're going to be the their prize is that they get to choose what I wear for an entire week. And there's a lot of talk about a turkey costume. So if I haven't won, go check out Instagram because there's probably a picture of me in a turkey costume there. Yep, there you go. That's it. There you go. I will say as well. First day of it, I post a. It, it, I got completely soaked going to work yesterday, so I posted a picture of that. Fun fact for you, Dan: a mate voice noted me to say they're following my Instagram process progress with interest. Although that first selfie, they just assumed I was sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. There was a, you know, until I read the caption, Chris. I was fifty-fifty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Either Chris has been for a run. Or, <laughs> or he got rained on. Um, or my other thought was Chris woke up late, had to shower, didn't have enough time to dry himself off properly. <laughs> yeah, entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. I thought about all these things, um, and then I read the caption and found out. <laughs> it's less exciting, but anyway. Um, yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Come back in a week's time for 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 Batman for Bat for Bat Talk. Um, and I guess at some point we'll probably be doing the the, the the Batman movies, you know, the the like the Schumacher and and Burton ones. But um, I'm excited to be doing Phantasm first. I think that's fun, uh, and I think yeah, fair. me too. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Like Chris sends these, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it over to him to do it to do a yeah. traditional ending. My name's Chris Billingham. My name's Dan Doolan. and this review has been rewound.